The Autobiography of Goethe, Volume 1 by Johann von Goethe, translated by John Oxenford. Section 2, Preface. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Autobiography of Goethe, Volume 1 by Johann von Goethe, translated by John Oxenford. Section 2. Autobiography, Truth and Fiction Relating to My Life Author's Preface As a preface to the present work, which perhaps more than another requires one, I adduce the letter of a friend by which so serious an undertaking was occasioned. We have now, my dear friend, collected the twelve parts of your poetical works and on reading them through, find much that is known, much that is unknown, while much that had been forgotten is revived by this collection. These twelve volumes, standing before us in uniform appearance, we cannot refrain from regarding as a whole, and one would like to sketch therefrom some image of the author and his talent. But it cannot be denied, considering the vigour with which he began his literary career and the length of time which has since elapsed, that a dozen small volumes must appear incommensurate. Nor can one forget that with respect to the detached pieces they have mostly been called forth by special occasions, and reflect particular external objects as well as distinct grades of inward culture. While it is equally clear that temporary moral and aesthetic maxims and convictions prevail in them. As a whole, however, these productions remain without connection. Nay, it is often difficult to believe that they emanate from one and the same writer. Your friends, in the meantime, have not relinquished the inquiry and try, as they become more closely acquainted with your mode of life and thought, to guess many a riddle, to solve many a problem, indeed with the assistance of an old liking and a connection of many years' standing, they find a charm even in the difficulties which present themselves. Yet a little assistance here and there would not be unacceptable, and you cannot well refuse this to our friendly entreaties. The first thing, then, we require is that your poetical works, arranged in the late edition according to some internal relations, may be presented by you in chronological order, and that the states of life and feeling which afforded the examples that influenced you, and the theoretical principles by which you were governed, may be imparted in some kind of connection. Bestow this labour for the gratification of a limited circle, and perhaps it may give rise to something that will be entertaining and useful to an extensive one. The author, to the most advanced period of his life, should not relinquish the advantage of communicating, even at a distance, with those whom affection binds to him, 
and if it is not granted to every one to step forth anew at a certain age with surprising and powerful productions yet just at that period of life when knowledge is most perfect and consciousness most distinct it must be a very agreeable and reanimating task to treat former creations as new matter and work them up into a kind of last part which may serve once more for the edification of those who have been previously edified with and by the artist this desire so kindly expressed immediately awakened within me an inclination to comply with it for if in the early years of life our passions lead us to follow our own course and in order not to swerve from it we impatiently repel the demands of others so in our later days it becomes highly advantageous to us should any sympathy excite and determine us cordially to new activity i therefore instantly undertook the preparatory labour of separating the poems both great and small of my twelve volumes and of arranging them according to years i strove to recall the times and circumstances under which each had been produced but the task soon grew more difficult as full explanatory notes and illustrations were necessary to fill up the chasms between those which had already been given to the world for in the first place all on which i had originally exercised myself were wanting many that had been begun and not finished were also wanting and of many that were finished even the external form had completely disappeared having since been entirely reworked and cast into a different shape besides i had also to call to mind how i had laboured in the sciences and other arts and what in such apparently foreign departments both individually and in conjunction with friends i had practised in silence or had laid before the public all this i wished to introduce by degrees for the satisfaction of my well-wishers but my efforts and reflections always led me farther on since while i was anxious to comply with that very considerate request and laboured to set forth in succession my internal emotions external influences and the steps which theoretically and practically i had trod i was carried out of my narrow private sphere into the wide world the images of a hundred important men who either directly or indirectly had influenced me presented themselves to my view and even the prodigious movements of the great political world which had operated most extensively upon me as, well as upon the whole mass of my contemporaries had to be particularly considered for this seems to be the main object of biography to exhibit the man in relation to the features of his time and to show to what extent they have opposed or favoured his progress what view of mankind and the world he has formed from them and how far he himself 
if an artist, poet, or author may externally reflect them. But for this is required what is scarcely attainable, namely that the individual should know himself and his age, himself so far as he has remained the same under all circumstances, his age as that which carries along with it, determines and fashions both the willing and the unwilling, so that one may venture to pronounce that any person born ten years earlier or later would have been quite a different being, both as regards his own culture and his influence on others, in this manner from such reflections and endeavours from such recollections and considerations arose the present delineation and from this point of view as to its origin will it be the best enjoyed and used and most impartially estimated for anything further it may be needful to say particularly with respect to the half poetical half-historic mode of treatment an opportunity will no doubt frequently occur in the course of the narrative end of section two